0: Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today, I'm with Angela Perkins, she's our VP of Sales and Marketing. And uh, she's been on the podcast before, and we're actually going to switch it up today, aren't we, Angela? We are. So, Angela, you're going to play guest host today. I am. Uh, You're going to interview me, so I'm a little little nervous for this. I'm usually on the other side of the microphone, so I'm going to turn it over to you and see what you got.
1: This might be my favorite day of all time. (laughs) I'm going to put Brandon in the hot seat, and I think our listeners are pretty excited for that. So being on the other side of the table here, Brandon, why don't we kick this off by um, you just sharing a little bit about your background? I think the listeners might want to hear more about you.
0: I'm pretty boring. No. Um, I don't know how back, how far back you want to go, but so my background, you know, pretty basic story. Graduated from Western Oregon University in 2008, uh, was working on the weekends to kind of pay for school, successfully got out of school without any debt, which I'm... I'm just taught me about hard work, um, which I, it translated into the workplace. So then I quit that, that job and started selling insurance, got my licenses ah. and that was painful. <laughs> Did that for about eight months until, uh, my cousin, Alicia Young, who works here as a senior, actually, she's an HR director, got me the, helped me get the job. She didn't get me the job. She helped me get the job. She let me know that there's an operations position open. So I, um bailed out of the insurance gig, came running to Zenium in 2008. And this is late 2008, mind you. So yeah, I just, I, I found that position is super entry level, but I mean,
1: I was was an
0: operations administrator at the time. And I think okay. for the same position we have now, I think it's like an operations assistant or I, okay. I think we've called it a couple different things, but yeah, started that under um, Shanda Malinsky who works here in, in operations, uh, who's our implementation manager on the payroll and benefits side and the rest is kind of history, but that's kind of like how how it all started. For so
1: me. maybe help the listeners get from operations assistant to director of marketing.
0: Yeah i I was at the time like it was needed like for, obviously for the organization we needed an operations assistant, somebody who was doing super administrative uh, duties. But I had I've always had an interest in marketing and, and a little bit of sales. I actually back in high school. I did a ton of like, I guess you'd call it digital marketing in a way. I kind of learned how to build websites, did a lot of video work as well. So not only did we do like video clips and little, we did funny videos in college too. We had this public access like thing through the college where we'd show these funny videos and it was like pre-YouTube days. But I always had this like this knack for just putting out content. And so you kind of fast forward to like what the the business needed we didn't have marketing at Xenium. and I think it was in 2010, we just really had this need to like get on the web, uh, you know, bring in the website and redevelop that, kick out a lot more emails and, and really throughout the process, we kept refining the brand and that's really where I became so much more integrated in marketing and so I became full-time marketing, supported our sales team and yeah, you fast forward to today, director of marketing and it's Honestly, it's like all, as you know, it's like all digital marketing now. Right. So right. it's it's been interesting. It's been a fun eight and a half years. Yeah.
1: Well, you've been a gift to the organization, that's for sure. Maybe talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a marketing leader for an HR company. So you you come to us with really very little marketing experience and zero HR experience, but here you are. So maybe talk to us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, that that's an interesting one. Just because I'm the only one of my kind, so there's often challenges when I'm I'm trying to seek how to do something in marketing, and I have to look outside the walls, either on on the Googles or <laughs> you know just some peers that I you know I don't know a ton of marketers in the area, especially in my type of role. I know marketers that work for agencies. Sure. That's not the same. Right. Like I, I'm I'm pretty close with a couple of people, but it's like I look up to them. They they just don't have the same type of role that I have. So it's it's always pretty unique. But I would say that it's it's been really fun to work for an HR company as a marketer because they're so people focused. And I think um, that's helped me kind of hone in on like what our brand is all about. And our kind of little tagline is it's about people. And so as a marketer, it's really helped me mm-hmm. kind of Really helped define like what the brand is and then like how to just how to navigate. It's It's been fun. Yeah. It, but it is challenging being the only one of my kind. Sure.
1: Well, and again, marketing a, a product line or a service line that you don't have technical expertise in either. So all of your listeners, for the most part, are either small business owners, mm-hmm. leaders, or HR professionals, um, HR leaders. How do you resonate with your audience? How are you connecting with those?
0: Well, that's the funny thing is I'm the only one of my kind inside of an organization. My guess, and I don't know, it's because a lot of this is anonymous. Some people reach out and say who they are. But my guess is a lot of our listeners are HR people inside of an organization, much like me. So I think they can relate to me quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really talk about marketing on this podcast, obviously, but I but I think you know, we all feel like the same thing. We just need help. We need education. We need. Uh, we just always want to grow and develop, and we're always looking at new ideas. And if there's anything that people want to get from this podcast, I I hope that they can take just a couple things here and there. And it's on the go. It's when they want. And hopefully, they've kind of de- developed a relationship with me, right? So.
1: Well, and we're here today to sort of de- deepen that, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and really, I like that connection because you're right. You are running your own show here. You're you don't have you're a Marketing department of one, so to speak, as it relates to the content development and and some of the things that you're doing here. We have some marketing support and some great team members, but from a leadership perspective, you're you're leading that. And our listeners might be in that same boat, except for on the HR side of things. Mm-hmm. So it's a great connection. Yeah. Um. What have you learned on the HR side? So as you talk to guests, I mean, a lot of our topics are HR driven, obviously, because that's the kind of content we're trying to provide our audience. What are some of the aha's for you?
0: There's like several buckets. Um so for one, I wanted to kind of back up a little bit and say that over the over the time that I've been in this role, I came in in 2008, late 2008 where things were all of a sudden turning, right? We had we were helping clients with mass layoffs, uh people were doing hiring freezes, wage freezes, you name it. So a lot of a lot of what was coming out was helping support through that compliance oriented things. And I feel like all that's shifted now. So all that's shifted to more people practices and just refining those, uh, retaining talent and do basically everything is about retaining and hiring the best of the best and, and making sure that they keep them and de- you develop a great culture. So I think what I've learned really is just that HR is going to always move. It's going to be fluid with the economy, uh, business cycles, you name it. I think what I've learned from some of the guests, I mean, we we have such a random sampling of topics, but I'd say, you know, compensation is at the top of people's mind. The The flexible work environment is really important. Compliance ain't going away. It's getting tighter and tighter, and I think people are more confused than ever. So I think navigating, I mean, it's. I wish it was black and white, and it's supposed to be, but I think it's hard for a lot of people. This legalese. It's things are changing constantly. Things are being delayed. It's right. just hard to keep right. up. And I think that's why, you know, if there's one one opportunity I think we have on this podcast, probably to do a little bit more legal Sure. Stuff.
1: Well, an application, right, we always talk about that here internally is there's um, legislation that comes down or, or compliance that comes down, but then it's all about how do you apply that to your business? And that's what we hear a lot of clients struggling with. So you're here to help. I mean, the podcast really helps with some of that to make it real.
0: Make one other work. thing I wanted to say that one I've learned, um, which I also think is a huge opportunity for not only us, but for HR people in general, there's so much data in HR, and uh, your people, I mean, from turnover data to compensation data to benefits data to payroll. I mean, there's so much data and you almost need a data scientist working right. for your company because based on that data, you might be able to make really sound decisions on your business um, for the future. And I think that's just one thing I've seen. Like with this digital, like, with so much software integrated in, in all of our companies, and there's just a lot of data there for the taking. That's going to help you make decisions. So I would pay attention to it sure. for sure.
1: Well, it's a, it's an interesting parallel again to tie marketing and HR together. Because think about the data and the metrics available in marketing. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to your point. The amount of data in yeah. the HR professional sort of arena. So. Let's use that as a segue to talk a little bit about that. One of the emerging kind of exciting things that we've uncovered is this marriage between marketing and HR. We've used it in our own business via culture videos and some of the things that we've done um, from a hiring perspective and branding the culture. Talk to us a little bit about what how your role has influenced that here at Zenium, and maybe even some tips for listeners that haven't made that connection between those two departments yet inside their business.
0: It's interesting because they need the like HR and marketing need each other really bad, and I don't think they know it. Uh, it's interesting, actually. The other day, I'd, and depending on when this gets released, um, I interviewed Sean Bussey, who's the CEO of Kinesis, their marketing firm, nonetheless. But he, he's focused on uh, you know the culture side of of marketing and employer branding, and so I've always sort of resonated with that because I'm an I'm a marketer inside of an HR company. So not only am I'm sort of looking to you know build help build the culture and and do all the fun stuff that I I want in my company, but we're talking about it for our clients as well. And what's coming up time and time again is hey we need to develop a culture. Uh, what can we do for communication? And I just what I, what I tend to see is you know job postings don't have company branding. They don't have unique language. Uh, nobody's using you know, the, the social media outlets as a culture b- employer branding tool. And I shouldn't say n- nobody's doing it. Some people are doing it really well. And I think that's the opportunity is like, if you're, if you're really looking to capture the talent and like, especially hard to find positions, you don't want your co- competitor getting it. And like a lot of times what happens is they're probably not doing the employer branding thing either. So that's the opportunity is stand marrying. Out. Yeah. To stand out. You, 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 You've got to you know, you've got to use you got to leverage marketing for communication, graphics, branding, and to make sure that comes through in like all of your people practices. And I, th- I don't think employers are really doing that.
1: Right. What would be a first step for those employers that maybe aren't doing that? What would you suggest? Think of the small business owner who's like, "Oh, I, I hadn't really even thought about yeah. um, doing that." Would a would a good first step be? Really, just on I mean, as simple as the job posting. Pass yeah, I it think to the if, you're, if you're going to do a tactical, I think yeah. that's
0: probably the, f- the best first step. But if we back up and say, do they even have marketing resources? I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. Um, but even further back than that is like, if you don't have your, and we've realized this, if you don't have your purpose kind of honed in, your mission, vision values, all, all of those things, if you don't have those defined, you're going to have a really hard time marketing anyways mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. if, if you don't have those things to find and your marketing process is all dialed in the employer branding piece is going to be even harder right so i would say like if you have all those things taken care of getting hr and marketing together is the first thing you need to do yeah and figure out what's what's priority list like where are the gaps like what do we need to do like from a you know future planning standpoint. and it doesn't have
1: to cost a lot of money i think that's no, the other the other um confusion out there as well we're we're small so we don't we can't do some of that strategic work um you've you've released some content on the culture video and mm-hmm. how to um support yeah. around that yeah, it's
0: a long post I, it's like literally every step i went through and i like to just give that away because it was a struggle yeah. going through it yeah. and learned a lot there's a lot of lessons learned could have gone a couple different ways could have spent a lot uh money or, or less money and it's just like there's a lot of decisions that go uh go involved in something like that so yeah i gave it all away it's a long post it's on our blog if you want to go check it out it's but. a great
1: post and it's been highly trafficked so a lot of yeah. folks are looking at it so to the point of maybe a lot of companies aren't yet um grasping onto this concept but i think there's a curiosity out there so mm-hmm. there's definitely some traction around that so let's shift gears a little bit and give some. Um, I want to hear some favorites. You're about ready to record your 100th Soon, podcast yeah. episode. Depending yeah. upon again when this publishes, we'll see what number this lands. But I think
0: it says I'm getting old. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: what what's in store? I guess for well before we say what's in store, what has been your some of your favorite podcast episodes to yeah. date? So of a hundred. And what have you learned from episode number 1 to episode number 90?
0: That's a those are all really good questions. I'm going to start with like what have I learned first. So, I've learned that I can help drive what comes out in the interview based on the questions I ask. So, I think I always do a lot of self-reflection and I can be better as an interviewer. So, if I look back in the early days, I say I I'm a I was a terrible interviewer. And if if you're listening right now and you, even you've even you been a loyal listener all, all these years, thank you because <laughs> I can't listen to those anymore. And, and my process is I'll obviously record it. I'll listen to it uh, through the... I used to edit all of them. Now I don't. But I used to listen to it as I'm editing it, listen to it again, and then listen to it one more time like in my car or like as I'm a podcast listener. just Just to, you know, pick up on things that I'm doing, things I'm just not noticing. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the lesson learned. I think what my, some of my favorite topics, oh gosh, I mean, there's so many. And I actually, I like all of them that come out now. So like I said, I think we're getting better. I think we're getting more interesting topics. And so um, I that's a kind of a cop out, but.
1: Hard to pick one. It's hard to saying. pick one. Yeah. I do
0: like the, like the millennial topics. I feel sure. like I have a lot more to give on that as an interviewer. The one on happiness, I really, I really liked. Um, the one on coaching, the Coaching Habits book was great. Um, Michael Bungay Stanier was uh, a fun interview. Um, I actually just recorded one where uh, Jody Thompson on the um, results-only work environment. Oh. Super, she's super passionate. I think it's it's one of those where I think some people listening maybe. Like, no, there's no way. And then some people be like, oh, man, I've never thought about this. Sure. But I like kind of like those controversial things. Yeah. I, they're always they always give me a little pause before I publish something. It's a little controversial, but they're interesting. I think that's I think that's what I'm trying to focus on. It's like the millennials topics, happiness, that kind of stuff. Those are those are kind of my favorites.
1: Well, I know you and your team, they support a lot of metrics gathering. So what are, what are the listeners loving? So of those 100, where do you where do you see the most popularity from? The oh, well, this side?
0: is funny. This is funny because you can. Uh, I think part of this plays into search as well. So like if one of our most popular one is a book, um, and it's probably because people are searching for the book in iTunes or something, and then they run across this book discussion, fierce conversations, which I think we recorded that number. It was like episode number seven or eight or something. Wow, it was like early on. But it's by far like even. Even to today, we still get a lot of downloads on that one. So it's it's kind of funny because I don't know if... I can't remember if that content was great, but it was probably because of the title. Sure. So I think um, the metrics could be misleading at times because some of the popular ones are probably based on just how we title them. But some of the most popular ones are the stories. One of the most popular ones um, that I recorded, Lacey Halpern, here, here at Zenium, she had a career story in HR. And I think people like hearing stories so i'm hoping this one is downloaded quite a bit but <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an hr so we'll see but Lacey's is very popular that one was has been constantly downloaded even i was actually looking yesterday and there was a ton of downloads on that just yesterday sure yeah and why it was like three months four months ago right so yeah the metrics are interesting because there's you could tell when people are subscribing quite a bit because they go back and listen and that's, that's always fun to see. Well,
1: it, that Lacey download is interesting, too. Because, again, if you assume that our listeners are in that HR profession, for the most part, they are HR professionals. Um, it's it's great to hear other people's stories so and know how, how did you land here and what do you love about your work. Um, I think I need so to do fun. that
0: more often. And actually, if you're listening and, and you want that, just shoot me an email yeah. or, or connect with me on LinkedIn or something. I'd, I'd love to hear that because I personally like the story. I don't know about you. Oh, storytelling is great. Storytelling is so powerful. Yeah, Yeah, because you want to like, especially if you look up to somebody or respect them, like, hey, what was your path like? And you just kind of want to follow.
1: Absolutely. What else would you love to hear from your listeners? If you could ask your your listener set a question, what would that be?
0: I would love them to shed light on my blind spots. I mean, I'm sure as an interviewer, I have weird nuances, and maybe that's what makes it makes me interesting or something. But if there's certain questions I ask or the way I start an episode or or just anything like I I, I want to get feedback. better as an interview I want yep. feedback I love feedback um, I don't care if it's negative I mean I've I even had some some coworkers of mine I I was like hey, be honest with me like what like what do you not like about this podcast and They're like oh I love it No no seriously tell me like what's what's wrong with this thing Because I want to make this I want to make this fun I want to make it interesting I want people to share it right. I love like the learning and development stuff is so important to me. You know that. I mean, I read a ton of books. uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts. And I want this to be something that HR people can look at and say, I learned a lot from this and I'm going to share with my colleagues. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I want.
1: Well, and it's interesting. I'm going to dive in a little bit to the juicy stuff and the psyche of Brandon (laughs) Laws. um, And really tie it to some of that millennial talk. um, You know, some of your favorite topics are that curious if you identify yourself as a millennial if you were to categorize yourself that way
0: certain things and that's why like these blanket generalizations on the generations are really tough to make uh, and people do it anyways because it's you know it's, it's easier to kind of stereotype a group like any like anybody like you you're an an xer right mm-hmm. so you probably have millennial tendencies you probably have xer tendencies like there's there's things that probably come out i think like the the now instant gratification type stuff that feedback i just mentioned it like those sort of things i'm definitely millennial right but i'm an old soul when it comes to other things i'm very frugal in my personal life um work ethic is work ethic is there i i feel like people should work hard and say i mean my model like say yes to everything and just work your butt off until um until you get so busy and so like overvalued to where it's like you need to start saying no but i think early on you like you have to do everything and learn as much as you can and i think that's the work ethic of the Xer, yeah and the boomers too so that's So I resonate quite a bit with that group.
1: Well, and what's another uh, anomaly to you is, again, to make a generalization, the millennials um, jump ship often. They change a lot of jobs. You've been here for eight years. (laughs) It's actually our culture, too. So I'm going on 18. Our president's 26. Shanda, you mentioned earlier in the show, um, our implementation manager is 25. And we can keep going, right, Mm -hmm. within the Zenium culture. It's that it, that is fair enough then to say you cannot generalize a generation um but could you generalize a company so what is it about zenium that holds you here
0: i mean it's the people for sure i mean that's um that's first and foremost i've developed a lot of really good relationships i think it's it's a combination between the people no doubt especially our team like just how tight we are and how how ingrained we are we're like we're just firing on all cylinders the other thing is, I've had opportunity, like I've had the ability to stretch and grow myself. And I think if I didn't have that, I, I you know, probably wouldn't be here. Even if the people were great, because you could still be friends with people and stay connected with them. But it's the learn, it's the the ability to allow me to you know do my work and and stretch and grow and give me the freedom to create. And I think if I didn't have that, that would be like a, a hole in me. And I've I've had that, so I've I've been here, and I think if people often ask me like, "Wow, you've been the, you've been at one company like eight and a half years. It's going to be ten years here pretty soon." And I, I look at them like, "Yeah, but I'm not done. I don't. i never felt done. And I think when if you are looking at your own career and you say, i 'I've basically accomplished everything I can here at this company,' it might be time to look somewhere else. I've never felt like that. Sure. I've always felt like there was something else." that I can do
1: and great for listeners to hear is they, I mean, obviously, especially locally here in the, the Pacific Northwest market, we are also focused on retention. So mm-hmm. as you're listening, it's, these are the kinds of things going through employees' minds is what, what can I accomplish? What, how can I contribute? Um, because I think that's powerful. It's, yeah. it's,
0: and if, I think for employers, they need to ask the question too, like, what keeps you here yep. and they need to ask it in a super open, authentic way. Like if, you're going to get some negative feedback. You need to be able to like be open to getting that. Okay. And I think that's what, like one of the things that we did a while back was the, what people want from work survey. We did it internally. We kind of launched it. And then we actually released it to clients and, and um, some you know followers of Zenium and it's a totally free survey, but we did it because we wanted to ask like, what do you really want from work? What, like what's going to keep you here? Is it benefits? Is it flexibility? Is it like what I just described? Like, the ability to never be done in your work, to be so ingrained and, and passionate about your work that you just, you you own it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel about my work. And I want, I want other people to feel that way.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what, what have you learned about um, your work from your five year old Parker? I'm just curious about what Parker teaches you about your work.
0: That's a, that's a tough one. I mean, he, He's he's taught, he's taught me – both I mean, both my kids have really taught me that you work for your fam- – like, you work to, to be able to be with your family and to, for me, like, leave a legacy. Like, I want to be able to grow and develop my family, and I want to teach them work ethic and all those things. And I think, like, just being able to go home and, and talk to my kids and see their growth and development, and especially Parker right now, to say that, like, you work as hard as you can and you do right by your family, and then you know you get to enjoy the fruits of that. With, with your family at the end of the day. What um, the listeners
1: don't have the benefit of is what I do, which is to hear the fun Parker and Paisley stories. Yeah. Um, you know, what you don't know behind this put-together guy on the podcast um, interview is that he's got some really fun kids at home that give mm. him lots of adventures. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. It, it's funny because I actually have uh, – so I do a podcast on my personal uh, time. It's like movie, sports-related stuff. And I was actually editing a podcast last night with my buddy, and i was listening in the background and it was one of those nights where my kids were up like screaming all night my wife like bless her heart was like dealing with it as i had this podcast recording scheduled and i was as i'm editing this i'm like i hear this faint like like squealing in the background and it was like Paisley just completely screaming, and I couldn't help but laugh. And I left it in there because it was funny, Absolutely. and I want I people to, moment to know time. that yes. like I'm I'm real, like I'm a yes. not some robot who's just on a podcast mic. I'm like I have pro- I have problems like anybody else, sure. and I have I have kids that are high maintenance and need me, but like, it's all worth it at the end of the day. Like, this is why I work and this is why I work, you know, work really hard. It's, it's for my kids, for my wife. Right. And, yeah.
1: You're a great, you're a great guy. Brandon, you're leaving a legacy, not just for your family, but for Zenium as well. And I want to hear what's coming. So what's coming on our, on our podcast show next?
0: Yeah. So a great segue actually. Um, and the reason why we had you on today was, you're going to be co-hosting some upcoming shows. I'm really excited. One of the things that we haven't really been able to do is like really just get content for that executive level, like business owner type person. And I think uh, you're so connected in that area for topics that are geared towards the executive group that you're going to come out and host uh, for some big name authors, speakers that are well known the kind of the, in, in the nation. And uh, you're going to do that. I don't know how often we're going to be doing that, but in between. The regular shows, we're going to get them out weekly as, as we always do, but, uh, you're going to come on every once in a while. And I just wanted to make sure that people knew who you were, uh, as an interviewer, as a person. You're um, my fearless leader, and uh, you know I love you so.
1: Well, it's is... a little intimidating as you as you shared how your episode one you can't even listen to it anymore. So we'll see how I, I do. I can't <laughs> listen to myself.
0: I can listen to Lacy uh, who started this, and we're gonna actually have her on as that's what's coming. Episode number one hundred. Lacey will be back on. So she she started it. Yes. She's gonna finish it in terms of that first kind of century mark. Yeah. But uh, I can't listen to myself. That's <laughs> the other. You know, going back to the lessons learned thing. Our audio recording equipment's gotten way better too. <laughs> the early days, I was using like one little snow, like blue snowball microphone is what it's called. And I set it in the middle of two people. And it's just like, there's so much echo and you just hear noises in the room. It's just terrible. So now we got it dialed in. And, well, and just
1: think your grand, again, legacy, your grandkids someday will be able to Google Brandon Laws and land on the Zenium for small business. Yeah. HR podcast. Basically. And,
0: and it's just funny. Like, yeah, my grandkids, my grandparents listen to this podcast. So it's just super weird. They're like, oh, I just love that topic on. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) But I love the support, so it's great. And I I appreciate all the the listeners that we have. Absolutely. We can definitely tell there's a loyal group out there. And I really appreciate the people who reach out to me on LinkedIn. And and even to some of our guests, they reach out and say, I just love that, that story or whatever. And I think... That just encourages the guests. I think that's great. Yeah. So keep doing that.
1: Yeah. Well great. Brandon, it's been great to have you on the show today.
0: Thank you for guest hosting, Angela. <laughs> Thank you for the questions. You bet. I hope I did okay.
1: <laughs> I think you did great.
0: Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, it created and owned by Zenium Resources Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.